The average time a buyer spends looking for a property to buy in Australia is seven months, and they typically end up emotionally overpaying at the hand of a trained sales agent. Hi, I'm Sam Powell. And I'm Jared Krauss, and we are the hosts of the Property Powers Australia podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing why spending time in the market can, in fact, be a negative when it comes to finding and buying a property. Yeah, well, we discuss things like how to remove your emotions within uh, buying a property to ensure you're not actually overpaying. Yeah, we also discuss, you know, what data you need to be understanding um, and knowing to also understand market conditions. As well as the importance of building relationships with local property professionals, like real estate agents, property managers, accountants, etc. Yeah, I also, and we both talk about uh, wives' tales and common sayings. Um, that can actually, in fact, be unconscious roadblocks to your success in property. So there's a few there that we do mention. And uh, before we get stuck in this podcast episode, this is not the only way we can help you for free through this pod and, and the value in it. Go to our website um, and we have a mini course on how to maximize your borrowing capacity. So head to propertypals.au forward slash resources to get this tool. It helps you increase your borrowing capacity so you can buy a better asset. Welcome to Property Pals, the podcast where we share everything around how to build a property portfolio from researching areas, financing, structuring, buying, selling, and reinvesting to live a life of financial independence. As a disclaimer, any information shared by myself, Jared, Sam, and the Property Pals team is strictly general and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should consider seeking independent legal financial and taxation advice from a qualified professional. So, the art of getting the right property at the right price. And how do we do that, Sam? By understanding market conditions, Joe. Yes. So, uh, I I know this well through the business world, and typically I tell people like the more time they spend looking at deals, the more they're going to know the value of them, the good ones versus the bad ones. But you mentioned to me today there's a way to fast track your time in the market um, by doing a certain few things. But first, what why do we need to understand the market conditions to be able to get the property at the right price? Well, the, or market, the right property at the right price. Yeah, good, good question. Uh, the market conditions are always changing, right? So uh, they they go in waves. You see stock markets understand that uh, prices go up and then they plateau, they come down. Uh, in order to get the best results, you need to um, have that level of understanding of the market that you're buying into. And uh, through doing that, a lot of people would go the long way in just going to open homes, looking at properties, and missing out on a few or um, you know, going under offer on a couple and then realizing that it's actually not the right asset after doing your building a pest or or having that time to think about it. A lot of people get caught up in, I guess, the emotion and they put money on the table and then they once they've got the, the contract there and um, they're about to sign it, they start over-analyzing and thinking mm. all these different aspects which they should have done prior to give them that confidence. Um, but it is an emotional time and people don't do it every day, right? So it's nothing to be, um, I guess, concerned about for if this is going through people's minds. Like, that's yeah. that's me. Yeah. Um, 
uh, it's just that yeah, through doing it every single day, you understand there are um, shortcuts in how to get there. And a lot of that is through the data um, and talking to the right people. All right, let's go through that. Let's 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 open up that. But first, I think it's really worth emphasizing one thing you mentioned is that if you understand the market conditions, you can be unattached and less emotional about the deal, right? Typically, I mean, if you're buying a, a family home that you've been always dreaming of, it's kind of likely that you're going to start to build out projections in your mind of how good it's going to be to live there with your family and all that sort of stuff, which can allow you to pay more for the property because you're emotional about it. And by understanding the market conditions, you can be unattached. It helps you to be unattached and not have emotions in the whole buying process, right? Yeah, that's the biggest killer is is human emotion. And I do say to people, as a valuer, I can't value human emotion, but as a property, I guess, uh, buyer in the market every day, you add on your analysis to, to what you believe the property's worth, but you also need to understand, well, who are you competing against? Because all your comparable evidence has sold uh, and the properties that are on the market, I mean, they're asking prices. We refer to them as toilet paper in that they don't really give you a true reflection of you know, what the property's worth. It's just a marketing ploy. There's asking prices. So yes. um, you've got your, your sold evidence, that's your best evidence for um, evaluation perspective. But what people miss out on is they get so caught up in that sold evidence to justify what they're willing to pay for a property that they're not actually taking into account, well, that no longer exists. Someone owns that. But there's still 10 other or 9 other uh, buyers that missed out on that property that are now looking at this, that have been looking at properties in that region for a few months, and they're getting frustrated with the whole process because they've you know, everyone's doing the same thing. Um, it's kind of like their baptism of fire into buying property and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I always want to help people. What are some key ways to, to fast track that so you don't spend, you know, the industry standard seven months on market trying to find a property, missing out on five, and then emotionally paying, you know, at the hand of a trained sales agent. What percentage of people actually end up going through that cycle and doing that, like going through that exact process? Not exact, but like a similar process of seven months, looking, being frustrated, and then emotionally buying. What percentage, like roughly, would you say? Seventy. Seventy percent. Okay. Percent. Easy. And then huge. Um, even so, this pod is very timely and very important. <laughs> oh, but it, it's always the case in every single market um, throughout my career. But it's just it's human emotion. So that's what I love about stock charts and markets is that you can actually track you know, human emotion. You see it um, rising through those times of prosperity, and then when there's uncertainty or fear in the in the mar- in the media, you see it dropping. Right, and mm-hmm. then. Those times when they are dropping, they're the best time to be buying into. But um, I guess that's that's market psychology. Is there like a chart that an overall chart that you use and people may use for the overall trend property prices in Australia or how property is behaving? Like one chart, like you know, have you got the S and P two hundred and all that sort of stuff? Like, is there a? Uh, yeah, there's um, I can track charts. I used to track sort of the real estate investment trusts, some of, some of the major real estate investment trusts, but a lot of them are based around commercial property holdings, not okay. residential. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but even still, it gives you a bit of an insight. Property lags the stock market because it's, the stock market can be more um, 
it fluctuates a lot more because it's easier buying and selling, lower price of entry. So you're getting those more emotional investors, so to speak, um, that go into it. And you can see them as leading indicators, even if you go further into the crypto side of things where that's also a leading indicator to me if that's tanking because property is like, look at it. Slower. Yeah, it's like a big barge, right, where it takes a while to turn around. And that's what I love about it too because it's more secure in the... Mm -hmm. Um, slower moving but more yeah more secure yeah yeah and then you know your crypto is kind of like your little tinny <laughs> run everywhere yeah and then um, yeah same, same with sort of the small stocks. and then your S&P's like they're just a regular side boat yeah in between the tinny and the and the, the barge yeah you go yeah. offshore go fishing on those ones yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the analogy is <laughs> so alright uh that's good for people to note when they're looking at the property market in terms of how those other charts are behaving. Um, so that can help people understand the average of market conditions though, right? Like this, we're, we're going to be talking about specific locations uh, that you guys are looking at. And what we do talk about here today on this pod is going to be relevant to the area that you're looking in. Mm. Um, and those, those things will be able to fast track your time. But the biggest thing is like those emotions, right? And that's why we help people is to have be a sounding board through our coaching so they're not so emotionally attached to buying something because they believe, oh, I need to get into the market now because it's really, really hot uh, or, you know, or they need to buy something because, you know, they've got some ideology of what their life's going to look like by owning that. Mm. I've got another question for you. Uh, just thought of is when you when you see the asking price, right, the listing price, is there an average percentage that you will offer either lower, like I know with businesses and uh, depending on the brokers and stuff like that, um, or the agents selling the businesses, I know that there's a certain percentage that they will list the deal higher than what the market conditions or market values were trying to get more for it. And we just know by association and looking at so many deals that there's a percentage, like typically the value of the business is typically a few percent lower or, or more depending on the broker. So is it similar in property where you see an average um, decrease in the value, like between the value and the listing price? Uh, no asking for us. Okay, so no. All right. straight up, no. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> it's because you know we we're just talking about this, Scott and I, in the office yesterday, actually, oh, and, cool. and just how uh, yeah, every single deal is always completely different. Um, so you're competing with a different market, a different property, and a different agent every single time. There's so many different variables. Like there's definitely ones that you know, have similar tactics where um, the guide price is used as bait to put out there. People see, oh, oh that's $2.5 million. Um, that's within my price range. Let's go and see it. We're, like they're guiding it. You know, we've got 2.6. This is definitely worth seeing. This is amazing. I can't believe they're actually asking $2.5 million for this. This is a steal. Well, guess what? <laughs> um, it's bait to get you in there, those lower price people to build that competition. And then therefore they use that to drive up the price for the, the final purchase sale through comments like, we've got an offer coming in. 
you know, we've got 14 groups through a lot of interest. Um, for those people with deeper pockets that are probably in that you know, purchase price target range, if you actually assess it properly, which is uh, in parts of Sydney, I'm talking, there's 20% discrepancy between asking price and what it actually goes for. Got ya. Then there's agents that just go in so confident. Uh, so as an example, we missed out on a, a unit in Sydney, agent called him up and he was basically, he just said, $1.9 million, mate, you gotta be there, otherwise it's just, you're wasting everyone's time. We, we looked at it, I couldn't see value over 1.825 as an absolute maximum. And then someone ended up paying 1.9 for it before auction to, to take it off the market. And they grossly overpaid for that property. Yeah, like, like 75 grand. Yeah, e- easy. Like I was being as competitive as I could be because I knew we were entering into a competitive market. Mm-hmm. And I'll share with you in a second why I knew it was competitive. Uh, and that confidence, people, like you think about the psyche of a buyer, they, they have to call the agent, they talk to him. They've just got so much like strength and confidence. It has to be here. Uh, those people, those agents can fall on their sword with their confidence level. Um, however, it's just their tactic and their personality what they like to just push people to that limit. So just constantly um, putting into their mind, if you want this, it's got to be 1.9. It's got to be 1.9. And some people pay it because... They have no idea. Once, well, once again, it's the emotional side. They've missed out on so many. They know they're paying too much, but they're just sick of it. And they're just like, just give me this. What's an extra $75,000 on a $1.9 million purchase? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still 75 grand. You know, that takes people, like, even if you're making 300 grand a year, it still takes you over a year to save of your life, you know? Yeah. So there's that sure. tactic. And the other tactic is uh, there's agents that just play within the, uh, you know, they'll just, within the parameters of, you know, it's going to go for 2.8 to $3 million, you know, what that generally means. And that's probably the majority of people because there's those sleazy sales tactics that some uh, a lot of buyers get that distaste in their mouth after dealing with it. And not a lot of agents like, uh, they're in the community, they're good people, you know, they don't want to be walking in the street and people throwing rocks at them saying, you're a lying piece. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, the, other, the third part of it is, you know, oh, we're within the range of 2.8 to $3 million. Generally that means, oh, so you're actually, at the, the seller's at $3 million at the height of that range. And then you've got to utilize your skill set of um, analysis to understand you know, where this could potentially run because it's the psychology of the buyer or the agents putting those figures in their brain again, mm-hmm. $2.83 million. Psychologically, they see they're going, oh, well, we, can't, we don't want to go to the high end of the range because you know, that's obviously our max budget. But then when you get into the pressure cooker environment, people are sitting there and they're just like, oh, what's the next $25,000? And the other person's going, what's the $20,000? And then that's how you get, yeah, that's what... Well, that's how sales agents are good at what they do. They know how to control that emotional buyer and get them to where they want them to be. Yeah. And there's an art in it. They, I mean, they train in it. So yeah. you've got to, you're going up against trained sales agents when you're buying and also when you're selling your own property. Like They train in all these scripts and dialogues to extract this emotional premium out of you. Yeah. And so I said, well, I, I, I had the, was led to believe that like time, you know, the amount of time that you're spending looking in the market can help you understand to know the value of a property. But that you said that's not necessarily true. And I, I definitely now agree with you that it's not how, many, how much time you spend doing something. It's the inputs and the amount of data that you collect and get. 
and you can speed up that amount of data um, that you, you can get and collect by doing a certain few things. So by spending more time in the market, it's actually the opposite, right? Like it's it can allow you to become more emotional and more frustrated, willing you, willing you or pushing you into like when you find something you like, you like, oh, I just got to put a bit more in just to get it, right? It can have that negative effect. Yeah. Well, yeah. Depends on you know where you're at and what you enjoy doing. Do you enjoy spending your weekends going to open homes and uh, you know throwing offers on properties and them going nowhere and at the time getting rejected? <laughs> yeah, the, and also the resources, everyone around you. you know, yeah. What's your time worth? That's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very expensive purchase uh, property, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. So I get it. People want to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the way that's is, why you should be paying people to to help you though, right? hundred percent. I mean, people who do it every single day, they understand that's their skill set. Keep thinking back to your to, to your own career and, and what you do for an income, and how confident you are that you are better than that at someone who doesn't do it every single day. Um, amplify that when you're dealing with these high ticket items. It's uh, I mean, obviously I'm a proponent of it because it's what I do for a living, but you, you can't amplify that enough. In people's minds yeah and i guess by using a professional like if you're using a buyer's agent um i know this when i'm buying investment property like i don't care like i'm so unattached because i know that they're going to do the job right because i've paid them the money to do so um and they got my best interest at heart so it can prevent me from getting emotionally attached to like i need to get this for you know this price or you know this type of deal before we continue today's pod i want to ask you a few questions what is your property investment goal? What type of properties do you want to own? How many? What size valuation property portfolio do you want to own? And how much net income do you want to be earning? Essentially, what's your magic number in passive income that you want to be earning? And do you know how to get there? And if you do, do you know how to get there in the least time possible with the least amount of risk? Sam and I have been helping people invest in property and build property portfolios for years. People who are now replacing their income through property, and we want to help you do the same. Right now, for a limited time, we are offering free property coaching to our listeners. We won't be able to do this forever, of course, so head to propertypals.au forward slash coaching. That's propertypals.au forward slash coaching to see how we can help you achieve your investment property goals. Link will be in the description too. So let's get into the meat and potatoes. I mean, a lot of people think that all right, these tactics that we're going to share around like things you need to check to, to you know, know and understand the market condition are important. But first and foremost, it comes what that should be built on and you understand the market should be built on a good mindset and not being emotionally attached first. I think that's really the meat and potatoes. Yep. Yeah, that's the foundations really. Yeah. And that's also drilling into your brain that there's not a perfect property for you. And there's always going to be another one coming to market that you do miss. Mm-hmm. So that helps to take that emotion out of it. Um, but also for those owner occupiers, it's uh, and for most property buyers, even investors, there's always going to be a level of emotion. And that's why having a good coach or a good mentor or someone to help guide you through the process um, really is you know, influential to your decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. So... Let me ask, what are some of the things we can do to speed up our time looking and to also know the actual value of the property by understanding the market conditions? Like, how do we, you know, 
what are some things we should be doing and looking at? Yeah, step one for this component is really do you do your research. So get laser focused on what it is that you're actually wanting to buy, wanting to live in, or wanting to invest in, and then go into that market. So pick your you know, we we talk we coach people through pick your two suburbs that you're really focusing in on, and really do 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 analysis of like. Go on realestate.com, go in the sold section, go in the buyer section, go look at the past three to six months. This is why property is easier than business because you've got more, more data to collect um, and it's quite an interactive platform. I mean, realestate.com, they make millions every single year and they invest into, obviously, the user experience. I mean, it's fantastic and you can easily track things uh, by their platform. So you're, you're building up a, a level of education each, each time it's probably that you look at. So you can fast track by doing that. I like to look the most recent sales are your best sales, so within the last month or three months. Uh, but often because each property is so different, you need to go to that six and maybe even 12 months to of uh, past sales evidence to, to help get your head around what this um, asset is, is roughly going to cost you and how often it becomes available. So knowing how often it becomes available is a key way to when it does, when it probably does come online, it suits all your criteria. You know roughly what it's going to be worth and how fast and what you need to be doing to secure that. Because if it's coming around every six months, it's a it's probably a highly desirable property type, and you're going to have a lot of competition in any market. Good assets do sell, and that's obviously why we want always want people to buy the best assets in that location because it's the best capital growth prospects as well. How do you how do you find out how often those properties are coming up for sale? No, you just scroll through online and see. You know, well, uh, if I'm looking for a low set brick four bed two bathroom under three million dollars, as an example, going through and seeing well how often are they selling? Um, and you example realtor.com, do your search in your two key suburbs. Go into your price parameters search. Two point five to three point five million dollars over the last six months. Uh, hit search if you, you can filter it through houses, bedrooms, etc., and then um, filter that through uh, highest to lowest in price, mm-hmm. and then you can start to see where they're all sitting. Um, and you can also filter it through newest to oldest, and then you, you, it has the dates on it, so you can sit there and go, "Well, that's sold. That's the perfect property that I want in this location. That sold in uh, July." Okay, you keep scrolling down. Oh, that's another one. I would have bought that. That sold in March. Okay, cool. Well, the time between July and March is four months. Mm-hmm. You keep scrolling through, and that's how you start to get and you see one in December, which is another four months apart. So you can, yeah, one comes along every four months, and you need to be ready for it. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's a key part that you can really shorten that process. Um, and then, I mean, we'll jump into the, the, the next part of it, which is well, you're in this market right now, right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this property's come up and you want to buy it. So how to understand the heat in the market, I do through data. So, oh, that's really good. Mm. What data? Well, I do, well, we do pay a lot of money for data. <laughs> so that's, um, I mean, it is not at the fingertips of everybody, but it, I mean, a lot of it can be easily accessible, even through a few membership um, sites. If it's just for a month, I definitely um, would be a good proponent. Like, just jump on, pay that bit of money. I think it's probably it ranges between a hundred to 
you know, a thousand dollars per month in data. But people are crazy to do that, like when they don't know what data to look for and to pay for it when you could just hire somebody that pays for it already and they know what to look for and and mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the work for you. Yeah, because also they don't have to spend this whole, you know, you've been doing this for what, like 15, 12 years or something ridiculous? <laughs> like they don't have to spend that long to be that accurate. No, I mean, that's the value of in you know, good advice, right? Uh, people, uh, the, the property industry is full of sharks, right? Like this, people, I mean, the, the trust level on real estate agents is 5%. And I think oh, 5%. It's yeah. similar to like politicians, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get where people that they're, They've had experiences, they've been jaded in the past, they've just figured that you know, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I get that as well. Um, and that's kind of why we're here, right? We're trying to help people, put people in line with the best people because um, there are really great people out there. It's just hard to find them. We should talk about the whole um, thing of if it's meant to be, it's up to me and how people, what that means for different people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I believe that because that can be a massive thing that can hold people back in in, in terms of mindset. It's like if it's meant to be. It's up to me. I think, and my perception is that a lot of people believe that if it's up to them, they need to do the work. Mm, I'm definitely a big learner of that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if it is meant to be, it's up to me. It could be up to you to do something different. It could be up to you to do your due diligence to find somebody else to do the work. Mm. And and. So I think we always need to have some level of responsibility for what we're doing, but just, you know, uh, uh, and then another one is, um, I think my parents have said it before, and I've definitely heard it on the job site, is like, if you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself, mm. which is freaking ridiculous, really. Like, let's be honest. I asked my wife about my corking skill set. Layer floors and doing all that back in the day. Yeah. Stick to it. So you're saying you didn't do the job right? Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy it, that's for sure. But. Well, that's the thing, right? If you don't enjoy, like, the process of buying a property, it's, 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 it can be frustrating and emotional. Like, why, you know, why do it? Yeah, yeah. My, my, my mindset's more around, well, I'd rather just do what I do every day and, um, make more on hourly rate and pay someone to do the things that you know, I don't want to do. Yeah. But um yeah, so getting like into the data side, right? Yeah, let's get into the data. Um try to keep us all on track. We like to just riff a few things. Well that's I think it's valuable still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the a key part of understanding where that um where that the heat in the market is is from a data perspective, looking at the days on market, looking at the trend on where that days on market is going, is it decreasing over the past few months, is it increasing, and then looking at your stock on market levels and your online search demand, mm. there's some really key areas um, and auction clearance rates as well. So for mainly your Sydney, Melbourne markets, they're more auction markets than the rest of Australia, but um, it gives you a, a somewhat of an idea of the heat and a lot of the perception around the Australian property industry comes from the media, which really only focus on those two key markets of Sydney and Melbourne. Hang on, wait. So when you hear that property prices are going down in Australia, it's based on two locations, not the whole of Australia? Generally. Yeah. So that's huge for people to understand and, you know, have been led to believe that all the property, all, you know, all of the areas in Australia are heading that way. And, you know, I, I bought property when, you know, the scariest time to buy property and it's done exceptionally well yep yep and even the i mean just 
that's the beauty of data, right? You can go back, you can track it. That's why we spent a lot of money and time, and it's obviously my role to research into this to know, you know, what markets are actually performing better than others, and uh, we do so, and we do so because we have to, because we need to explain to people. If we can't explain to you why we like certain locations, then you shouldn't be investing in them. Uh, that's with anybody. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's some key data metrics just to look at, and um, yeah, there's, there's obviously more than that. And different units perform differently to houses. And we'll jump on that in a different episode. But yeah, there's um, a lot of information out there, and people. Unfortunately, they do get caught up in analysis paralysis as well. So there's those that don't do it. There's those that do too much. And there's kind of like the the Goldilocks zone, right? Mm -hmm. The porridge. and Yeah, the person that's like they do a little bit, but they're not too attached. And they just just doing this move through the motions and, and making sure they're making a good investment. Yeah. And the yeah. third key area from that is um, so you obviously you got your you feel on the market, you've researched the past six months of sales, you're understanding where your property price is roughly um, sitting on that perspective. Mm. And what you're doing with the data and also the third point is talking to your local real estate agents, talking to people that are in that industry every single day to get their opinion and not just asking one person, asking multiple people because everyone's got their own thought processes. Um, some might be, uh, they're just an opinion, right, at the end of the day. You got to understand where they're coming from. Some sales agents, um, in their mind, the market's always crashing in the next three months because they want to get people to sell the property, mm. and they they wholeheartedly believe that, right? And it's like, well, based on what your opinion, that's fine. But I'd rather zoom out and look at a more macroeconomic viewpoint, and not believe what a local real estate agent is saying, but look at all those different data metrics on. You know, where the economy is, where the um, where the international markets are, at. like Australia's, are, uh, we follow your American and UK markets because we're such a small population. So it goes a lot bigger than that. Bit of a tangent, but um, yeah, just understanding who to talk to and, and their opinion and gathering that is really key. So, so speaking to real estate agents that are selling similar properties in. The market that you're looking at and then are there certain questions that you could ask them that to, to get to get feedback that you that would be beneficial to help you understand the market conditions a bit better yeah understand what would they be of recent sale sold pro properties that you would have bought yeah. you know, what was the level of competition you know, how many uh, contracts did you have out uh, with the sale price you know, when you achieved that you know, what was the the backup offer behind that just asking those questions um, really helps to yeah, I guess drill into the heat in that market for that property type and that'll really help. So what I'm basically trying to train people into is through doing those steps of the, the data and the relationships in that area for that property type is you're, with every single purchase, you've got human emotion. You can't put a price on human emotion from a property perspective because you don't know what the value of a property is until it actually sells. So you can go in and you can have all the comparable evidence in the world that would justify $2.5 million as an example. But this probably ends up selling for 2.8 and you're just blown away. You're like, wow, okay. someone paid $300,000 too much. But yeah. the psyche of that buyer, they could have been looking around for that exact location, that exact property type that was just a perfect property. 
and they weren't educated and they were at the hand of a trained sales agent mm-hmm. who just got them up higher and higher in price. And there could have been two people. All it takes is two people for a price to run you know, dramatically. And we've seen it in auctions yeah. and everything like that where um, you know, they're paying a future price for the property and they're happy to pay a future price for the property. Yeah. Yeah, well, they think they're happier to pay. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's what... If that's why also going through the coaching side of things of what we do is you know, you end up you end up paying that like psychologically you're paying a future price for the property and you have the confidence to do so because you know if that if you don't buy that property, it's not gonna come up for another three months or six months. And in that three to six months in that market, I mean the property prices they were just growing by five percent a quarter. Yeah. So you've got to you know, go, well if I miss out on this property and on average, this property type comes up every three months. That means that statistically, another property similar is going to come up in three months' time, but the median or the price, the house price is going to be 5% more. So if you're looking at that million-dollar purchase price, you're like, oh, well, you know, we can, we think it's worth a million dollars. It's yours for one, one, a million and 20. Oh, well, pay the million and 20 because in three months' time, when another one comes up, it's going to be worth a million and 50. Mm-hmm. And who there's no guarantee that the next one's going to come up either. Mm. Um, and then also you've got three months of researching, inspecting properties like this. Everyone's different. Some people are happy to wait out, and that's it's their risk appetite, mm-hmm. um, and also what they b- perceive to be the value of their time and, and what they enjoy doing. Yeah. So you kind of got to like understand the value of the property, but at the same time you've got to match the market as where it's at as well, right? Because a property. The value of a property is what somebody's willing to pay for it at the end of the day, right? Yep. The definition on the Australian Property Institute is a willing buyer, willing seller, local agent in an arm's length transaction. Uh-huh. Like we're all parties of actively prudently, uh, without compulsion. Yeah. <laughs> Are you speaking words straight from the website? <laughs> oh, for uni to pass on my valuation. So oh, right. that was like one of the questions is what is the definition of market value? And I had to memorize it. Oh, they, that's awesome. God, that was a number of years ago. So university is worth it. Two thousand, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars and I have a quote. Yeah, woo, which I probably could have Googled. You know, like, Thanks, Love uni. It. But anyway, it was a good couple of years of my life. Yeah, and you did learn and you got you got some, some good work from it, for sure. Yeah. And I also got to travel the world while studying. So yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Anyway, digressing. So there's sort of, there's some really key elements and, um, like I do this every single day, so that's how I go about it. Um, I'm sure that there's other people that might think differently, but I'd say let's let's get together, let's have a chat, let's uh, have a debate around it because yeah. I'd love to hear your thought process. Yeah, and learn from one another as well. Yeah, be cool. Yeah, and speaking of that, guys, if you do have questions, hello at propertypals.au. There's no .com, so hello at propertypals.au. Send in some questions. We can answer them. Actually, we've got some questions we need to answer on a pod, don't we? Yes. You've you've got them in a sheet there. All right, we'll get to those guys, and we'll see you on the next one. Ciao for now.